So if you have your Bibles, please open them up. We are going to be in the book of Romans. We're continuing our series here. We're going to start reading from verse 4. So Romans chapter 12, verse 4 says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, we thank you again, Lord, for salvation through Jesus Christ, that Jesus, as you ascended, you gave gifts, as you share with us, uh, teaching like we looked at earlier in Ephesians chapter 4, you ascended on high and you gave gifts to men. And Lord, we know that your ascension is chronicled in the book we call Acts in Acts chapter 1. And when you poured out your spirit, that dunamis, that dynamic, that dynamite explosive type of power, even for someone like Simon Peter, Lord, you can do that for us here today. It's available for us today. Those who are far off, as you say in Acts chapter 2. You gave gifts. And so we ask, Lord, that you would please empower us. And for those that you've already empowered, we've prayed for that even last week and previously, God. We ask that you would give us boldness, that you would give us faith, that you would encourage us. Help us, Lord, to keep walking with you and to step out these things, to tend to the gifts and not neglect them, as you say, to stir up the gifts. Help us with that, Lord, but open up our understanding. And again, last but not least, Father, we ask that you would prove yet again, show us that you are the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. Comfort our hearts. Be with those that are part of our church that are sick. Help them heal them, Lord. Be that Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Pour out your grace and open up our understanding of these things for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You guys could have a seat if you would. Now, when you and I serve the Lord in the church, it's kind of like a spiritual potluck of sorts. Serving God within the church. It's like a spiritual potluck. You guys know what a potluck is, right? Who here likes potlucks? Everybody look at some of you guys. <laughs> Your eyes light up. So when you come to a potluck, one person brings one thing, another brings another. Someone might go, oh, I don't have anything to bring at that building. I was just going to go to Arby's or, or order pizza from down the street or whatever it is, a, a can of soup. It doesn't matter. But the, the point is we all bring something and you all receive. So it's like a spiritual potluck of sorts. One person brings a thing, another person brings something else, others bring other things. Everybody enters in expecting to bless others. And everybody also shares, in a potluck, you share in a love feast, as it's called, where each person is to bring their special gift, and everybody gets to receive at the same time. So it's a giving and a receiving. There's a mutual giving and receiving. And this is extremely important in a healthy church life. I'm not talking about just the food, like the potlucks, but a 
if we could say so, it's kind of like a spiritual potluck where we as Christians, we gather together, we assemble together in the body of Christ and we all have a gift. And that's important to know. Maybe you're like me, where when I started walking with Jesus, serving him, I kind of thought, I've got nothing to offer. I can't speak like him or her. I can't even pray out loud, man. I'm like really scared of that. So I got to write that off the list. That was me years ago. And no way am I going to stand up and deliver a message. That's actually what I told God and told myself and told others. And I now look at these things. I now know it's nothing but the grace of God. But you might be where I was where I thought I had nothing to offer. You might feel like that coming to a food potluck. But coming into the church assembly, each of you has been given a gift. Christ is the giver. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. He's given you a special gift, a unique gift, and a calling whereby which you, as a body part, look at a part of your body. Maybe your hand, maybe a finger, maybe the nose, if you can see it. And imagine that your body part, that member of your body, is fit in a certain place and it's designed, it's created to function a certain way, isn't it? Well, that metaphor, that illustration of the body is used to describe how the body of Christ is also created uniquely, gifted, so that you would fit in a certain place and so that you can function with that spiritual gifting and then the entire body is edified, is encouraged, just like a body part on your body. If you ever thought about it, and I'm not saying to do so, but maybe you'll come across the thought of, oh, I don't need my pinky. Let me just lop it off. Ouch. And then you go to grab the hammer. Or anybody learn how to officially type. And I'm not talking about the two-finger typist on a smartphone. <laughs> anybody here learn how to type? Okay, remember that? A, S, D, F. What are these letters? <laughs> and we're stretching our memory. So this is how the keyboard's laid out. J, K, L. Okay, so you need, and your hands are designed on the keyboard, an English keyboard, to reach certain keys. And by the way, have you ever stretched out and try to get the number keys? Not the keypad on the right side, but the keys on top. As an ex-computer geek, we taught ourselves how to do that. So, in other words, we, I remember learning this when, when I did computer networking and database and all that kind of work. You take away the mouse off a computer. Why? Because there's a lot of people, they can't use a computer without a mouse. Is that anybody here? Yeah. So the computer geek thinks, how are you going to hack into my computer without a mouse? So you learn to use just a computer or just a, a keyboard. Okay, so interesting thought. Some of you guys like computer technology. Try that. We did it in the 90s. Doing inf information technology. Can't hack into a computer. Harder to hack into. If you're a computer nerd, computer geek, you can. But if you've ever learned how to use a computer, it's just that analogy, that thought, the illustration. Okay, so you learn how to use your fingers. They're based on certain keys. So you need that pinky. Anybody praise God and you're glad for that pinky? You guys that do the two-finger typist, <laughs> right? I need my thumbs. <laughs> By the way, there's doctors. I remember hearing this from a doctor that... Uh, they get patients, especially younger folks, because they, they 
are hitting their thumbs so much on the smartphone, they come in for these injuries on their thumbs, and then like these these weird kind of injuries from using their thumbs so much. Isn't that crazy to think? It's like I use my phone a lot, but really that much? <laughs> so you need every member of your body. And just if I could use that analogy, coming together in the church, serving God publicly in the church is kind of like a spiritual potluck of, of sorts. So each person brings something as a gift to share and to give to others, while at the same time each person is a recipient, not just a giver, but also a recipient. It's a mutual blessing. That's what the church was intended to be, just like a member on your body. It's needed, it's attached. So Christianity is a lot about giving, just like how Christ gave everything. And he came to serve us and to sacrifice for us, didn't he? Amen to that. So Jesus even said about himself, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So you'll find that someone, as they get closer and closer to the Lord Jesus Christ and walk after his ways or following Christ, what are you going to find? They're going to be more like him. He's a giver. I get out of the just taking line. By the way, there's no gift of, you guys hear a gift of giving? There's no gift of taking. <laughs> I remember hearing that from, like, you all that always come in and take. And that was me as a kid, like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Learn to follow after Jesus. It's about sacrificially serving. And I'm not talking about just giving money, giving of your time, your talent, and your treasure. So the closer someone gets to Jesus, the more of a giver they're going to be. And one way that you can detect a healthy church life is where every member is actively coming in. Again, just kind of like a spiritual potluck. Every member comes in. They're actively serving within their spiritual gifting. You're not going to have the same gift as someone else. You may but the way that you actively use it is so unique. Now, let's say we had a potluck, a food, a physical potluck here, and it was desserts. And each person brought in, say, cheesecake. It'd be kind of a crazy potluck, wouldn't it? We'd all leave here with diabetes. Think about that. <laughs> you know, that'd be bad. Like, what happened to you? Oh, the potlucks. Calorie chapel. <laughs> but imagine we all brought in cheesecake. You cooked it or you brought it in. Would each of us bring in the same kind of cheesecake? No, I know my wife. She'd bring in one. So they're like, they're like a thousand calories a slice. Those things are like, oh my gosh. <laughs> they taste good, but they taste good for a reason. <laughs> so it's like a spiritual potluck where every person has something to offer. You need to hear that. This might impact positively someone here. Because if you're like me, and I'm talking about beginning years walking with the Lord, serving with Him, and His, His Spirit was, was continually pulling me in, telling me to stay connected, telling me to give of my, my time. I didn't have money at the time. It was just to, to be a resource. And for me at that time, I remember picking up a broom, just sweeping in a church and just doing little things. But I felt within, I have nothing to offer. Has anybody felt that way? Maybe you felt that way in a relationship. Maybe you felt that way in a family growing up. And now God's here to heal you. He wants to help you. So you need to know you've got something to offer. And every person brings a gift. And the good thing about it is the giver of the gift is who? Is God. And he wants to work through you. He's the giver. 
You're the recipient, but you need to be a steward over it. Make sense? You're not the owner. You're the steward. And so sometimes we might feel like, I, I got nothing to offer. I got nothing to bring to this potluck for food or spiritual potluck in church life. No, but you do because of who you're attached to. You're attached to the head. I'm not the head of the church. And in the body of Christ, there ain't no pope. Okay, so it's just Jesus Christ. He is the great high priest. You're attached to him, and we're the body. And we reach out and up to him. So church life is really where we all partake in, and we all get to share with each other in what God is doing in the life of his church. This is his church. It's not mine. I remember one of the first times I, I talked with my wife, she was rebuking me. We were in that room, because we met in that room only. Some of you guys are with us back then. My wife knows. I'm like, how did you ever come back? Because the first time I met her in person, she was rebuking me, telling me, why Why isn't your name on the website? And on the inside, I'm like, man, because I saw a lot of things where it's like, hello, look at me. I wanted that to be nothing of us. I know I've learned a little bit more, but but what I'm saying is we we need to be careful that we don't put our fingerprints on the things of God. Amen? We've got to be careful of that. I'm still very careful of that. You know, pray for me. I'm in recovery. I'm in therapy there. But what I'm saying is we all partake in what the Lord is doing. And this is God's church. So each of you is a very valuable member of the body of Christ. And we prayed and prayed and prayed, including last Sunday. And some of you guys came forward to be prayed for. I'm saying there's the prayer and there's the practical. Okay, There's the learning and there's the putting it into practice. You don't want to just be a reader, but a doer of the word. So I want to exhort you, I want to encourage you to walk it out. So as you and I study through this book called Romans, we now come to this point where we discover, look at this again in Romans 12, verse 6. It says, having then gifts differing. So today, if I didn't say so already, we're discussing our, our series here going through Romans, series on spiritual gifts, but we're looking at the fact that we have different gifts. We have different gifts. Notice again it says in verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So did you know that God has given you grace? There is grace that is given to you. You don't deserve it. That's grace. You don't even, in some cases, you don't even ask for it. And he just, bam, empowers you with that. Anybody find that out? He just blesses you with something. And it's a gift. You have something to offer. This might help someone here. So when it comes to differing, one Bible dictionary definition says varying in kind. Varying in kind. So they're different gifts. They are varying in kind. Obviously, they're not all the same. Now, here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 12, which is a similar passage. Oh, leave it here. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, it says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities. But it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, notice it says, for the profit of all. So kind of like a spiritual potluck. 
But look at verse 4 here, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. There are diversities of gifts. There's different kinds of gifts. And that's what I want us to start discussing. By the way, I just went past these slides here. Uh, some of you guys know as we've gone through this over and over through various teachings, through books, and various studies. If you want this to, uh, this is just a list of different gifts. Different people list gifts different ways. For myself, I chronicled like 18 gifts. And I put this together. If you want the printout, you could download it. Just send a text, one word, gifts printout, one word, G-I-F-T-S-P-R-I-N-T-O-U-T. You can send it to 833-97-JESUS, which is our, our one of our church numbers, or 833-975-3787, or you can scan this, and you can get this. Uh, you can have it on your phone or print it out. But there are differences of gifts. There are different kind of spiritual gifts, but they all come from the same one Holy Spirit. Different gifts. So here in Romans 12, we're going to start to unpack this a little bit. I don't want to go in depth and detail because there's folks that have gone before us uh, like Chuck Smith. Pastor Chuck Smith wrote a book called Living Water. We have it up there on the bookshelf. If you need a copy, I can loan you one or give you one or you can grab it off the shelf up there. Great book. Every chapter describes a different spiritual gift. But here in Romans 12... We have a listing of seven different types of gifts or ministries that you can identify with these spiritual gifts that many, I would venture to guess, many of you are given one or some of these gifts that we're going to look at here. That's why I want to, I don't want to run through this like a sprint. I'd rather take a slow walk through this because getting some of your prayers throughout these years or even decades that... Um, and serving the Lord on both coasts, I realize that there's many people that still want to know their gifts. Who is that? Is that you? Who here wants to know what your spiritual gifts are? Okay, can you guys raise your hands and just look around the room? That's if you guys online, maybe you just type in, I want to know. Okay, and if you want help with that, you know, we could pray for you. And this is part of this. Part of it is is putting it in your mind of what the scriptures say and not just running through this. And we'll describe some of this and we can pray for each other. So spiritual gifts, these are the how, as in how the gifted person will be able to function where God wants you to fit. Get it? So spiritual gifts are kind of the how, right? How you'll be able to function. We talked about function before. How you'll be able to function where God wants you to fit in the body of Christ. And I need to say with the caveat, not where you might want to function. I wanted to function doing computer technologies for Christ. I was good at it, got paid really well in the world for that. Even today, that'd be a great thing to have. But that was my calling that I had for myself. And there's a call of God. And you guys know there's a call of man and a call of God. And usually they're not the same. Anybody know that? For me, it was a rude wake-up call. <laughs> So they're the how. Spiritual gifts are how God will pour through you supernaturally because you've been supernatural, not naturally gifted, supernaturally, to be able to function how God wants you to function, where he wants you to fit, so that your life will give glory to God. It will make thousands of things make sense in your life. This is why the devil wants to keep you from this, like, no, 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 do something else. Don't learn about, don't pray about, don't seek the Lord for 
learning what spiritual gifts are or your calling, he wants you to live your life without purpose. Make sense? Any of you guys know that? To be aimless, fruitless in the world. That's how I was and that's how most people are. So we looked at function previously. And let's look at here now in verse 6. It says, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. By the way, again, when you're looking at the in the English uh, Bible, the New King James Version English, notice it says, let us prophesy, and it's in italics. Italics is not saying in the this English Bible translation, there's an emphasis. It's letting you know. The translators are telling you that those words were not in the original Greek text. They're adding it in so that the flow for the context in the English language makes sense, just so you know. All right, so prophecy, spiritual gift of prophecy is mentioned in verse 6, and we need to unpack this a bit. Oh, if there's a gift, one of them, that's greatly confused so that it's greatly abused, it's prophecy. Any of you guys know that? You ever hear someone like spouting out, Lost saith the Lord, the Lord prophesied. And then you're like, huh? You give all your money to that, and it's like, what happened? Okay. Someone was profiting, but it was not God or God's, not the body of Christ. So we got to be careful. The spiritual gift of prophecy. Now, it's not seen so much today in foretelling future events. That needs to be stated. Because if I got that gift, does that mean I'm a prophet? Does that mean I put that on my business card? No. Even in the prophets in the Old Testament time, and they pretty much went from, I know you covered that with the ladies yesterday. Who's the first prophet in the Old Testament time? Come on, ladies, you were just quizzed on this yesterday. According to the Bible, the first prophet, the last judge in the Old, we're talking Bible, not people's opinions. According to God, in his word, who was the last judge and the first prophet in the prophetical line of prophets? Samuel, the last judge of Israel, became the first prophet. And that lineage went all the way to who? To who? It went all the way to John the Baptist. And the prophet, capital P, prophet... As Moses even mentioned, you know, I think it was Deuteronomy, another one come after me, uh, the, the prophet, you'll listen to, paraphrasing that. That's Jesus Messiah. So those Old Testament prophets, those were the preachers. They would hear from God, they would fellowship out in the wilderness for the most part. God would speak to them, go into the city, and they would speak, Jeremiah, Isaiah, whoever they were. They were not like, so today if people's like, oh, I'm prophet, I'm you know, you see these things, you're like, oh, I feel like throwing up. Why? Because those Old Testament prophets, they were not liked. What happened to them? They were killed. <laughs> Even Jesus, you know, which one of the prophets did you not kill? So if someone says it so boldly today, you know what that usually is? That's a self-calling. That's not the anointing of God. Or maybe they're given that gift and they use it in the flesh. So be very, very careful. This is why it's extremely important for you and I to study and know God's word. So the spiritual gift of prophecy, I'm going to show you this in 1 Corinthians 12. Or, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 14. You need to know this. If someone has a gift of prophecy, teach them this because they may not know this. This is how you define the spiritual gift of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 through 5. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. 
For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. We're not going to discuss that gift just yet. But look at verse 3. But he who prophesies speaks what? Edification and what? Exhortation and what else? And comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies who? Himself. That's the only selfish gift, so to speak. But notice here as I colored in the red, he who prophesies edifies the church. One way you could tell of the many, but one way you could tell if someone is given the spiritual gift of prophecy is it will be to edify other people in the church. Now, this is not meaning I go to the races and I'm telling, come on, you can run faster. I'm encouraging. I got the gift of prophecy. I can encourage. I can edify that person. It has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Is that the gift? No. That you're, what are you doing? You're just encouraging someone. It's not the supernatural gifting. That's the natural gifting. Someone's just doing it in their flesh. Nothing wrong with that, encouraging someone. But it's not the supernatural gifting that God gives someone in the church to edify the church. Make sense? Again, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. He who prophesies edifies the church. So someone comes to me, Pastor Drew, I had a dream. You were riding a motorcycle. Yeah, was it a Harley? Was it shiny? I had a dream, yeah. And it was blazing. I see how the flames come out. The and you went off the cliff into the Grand Canyon. Oh, no. And you were screaming all the way down. Oh, help me, help me, help me, God. And you're crying, and I saw your neck crack. And you tumbled on the ground. And you stayed dead. I'm sorry, but that was not a prophesy or a gift of prophecy. Why? Because that's not edification, is it? So that might happen. Someone says, oh, but if you get this on your bike, 1995, I take credit card. That won't happen. Can that happen, though? Where someone will take something like that. You know, all joking aside, we got to be careful. So it's good to know spiritual gifts and what the Bible says. So if someone's operating within the gift of prophecy, so to speak, which are many people that are preachers today, the Billy Grahams, etc. It's going to be for what? It's to edify the church. Please know that. Again, 1 Corinthians 14. So in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3 we see that if someone's operating within the spiritual gift of prophecy, this, this verse okay, says edification. That means building up. Think of like an edifice. Okay, you're building up the church. It's given to the church for what? To edify the church, to build up the church. Jesus is the builder. He's going to use this. Some of you guys and gals might have been given this gift. Allow God to use it. That you would do what? That you would help to edify, build up, encourage the church. This word for exhortation, it's encouragement. It's the Greek word paraklesis, which gives you the picture of coming alongside someone. So in your preaching, so to speak, today's prophets or those that exercise this gift, typically it's it's the not so much the foretelling of God's word as much as it is of uh, the forth telling. You're speaking it forth. Because God's word is is written. Now can God give prophecies today? Yes, he can. But I'm talking about what the Bible says so that we see first what does it say so that we can be saved from a lot of just the, the craziness that can go on. Okay? And there's some of that. So if we know what the Bible says, 
May the Lord help you and I, even as we're commanded and encouraged in another passage, to test all things, right? And what can you test it by? Is it your feelings? No. But just by and through and with the Word of God. Comfort, it says here. Comfort could also mean calming and consoling. Look it up. If you have Blue Letter Bible, you can look that up. And look at the original language of that word. The original Greek word for comfort, it can mean calming and consoling. Now, this is one way that you could tell it's often abused and misused in the church. Because the one that might come in the assembly and say, call themselves the prophet, they come in, what they what they do? Oftentimes, they, they stir up the things like the flesh. And we're all like, yeah, 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 I'm all, you got my emotions going, I don't know what's going on. But is this person encouraging? Are they edifying? Are they calming you? Or are they getting you all riled up in the flesh? And all of a sudden, they're going to rip you off of your money. you got to be careful of that. Does that happen? That can happen, right? Anybody, any of you guys know that, that can happen? So just be careful. Okay? And I'm not saying it happens everywhere. I'm saying just be careful. Know what the Bible says so that when you test things, you can go, okay, you may have a gift. That might not be the gift. Maybe you, know, maybe you have a different gift. But the gift that's called prophecy, are they going to edify are they building up? Are they exhorting? Are they encouraging? Are they comforting? Which again means to calm and console. Or are they just stirring people's flesh up? Stirring up the emotions like a marketer, like a sales tactic. Why? Because they can hit you up for money. Does that happen? Anybody been in an audience where that's happened? That can happen. Okay, It's one of the reasons why we don't want to do that here. And we don't even take up a collection here. We don't want that to happen. So you give. You give of your heart. God loves a cheerful giver is what it says. The Greek word, by the way, for cheerful is basically hilarious. <laughs> I'm giving to God. <laughs> it's like a lighthearted giving that. Oh, I hate that. As a kid, I remember like, okay, we're going to pass around. Like the third time the basket comes around, I'm like, <laughs> that happened to me as a kid. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's not biblical. All right, so the spiritual gift of prophecy it's used today not so much in foretelling the future as much as it is commonly seen in just preaching forth God's word. It's to edify the church. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4 says, But he who prophesies edifies the church. So typically someone that's occupying that role will be someone that's a, a preacher of God's word. So let's say God's given one or some of you guys that gift. But you're like, oh, I don't feel like a prophet. I gotta walk around with a robe and look like some Jedi, you know, knight. <laughs> and start, oh, bless you, bless you. <laughs> Are they gonna wanna kill me and, you know, chop off my head like John the Baptist? So we can have all these worldly ways of looking at things. But could it be that God's given someone that gift here and we need to pray for you that you would simply be a preacher of God's word of truth? It could be that God's given you a spiritual gifting. And maybe it is this gift of prophecy where at times, not saying all the time, this is where it gets abused, but at times maybe he's going to speak to you about something going on that's future, not something current. That's word of knowledge. Something future in comparison and contrast, that's prophecy. Does that happen all the time? No. Not very common. I even ask God, come on, God, I want those visions. I want those dreams. Guess how many I got? A big old zip. Fast and pray for those things too. What What is it? Just not God's will for me to have that. At least in this time of my life. Okay, so if someone comes to you 
And they're like, thus saith the Lord, or I got a prophecy from God. Is it edifying? Test all things. Go back to 1 Corinthians, what chapter? 14. Okay, know where it is. And you might need to test that. You might need to tell people. So we need people in the church to exercise this gifting. Every church needs this. Okay? Gift of preaching. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pause in just a moment. Let me just read verse 7, just because I'm not going to go too much further here, Joshua. Verse 7, Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering, he who teaches in teaching. I'm going to pause on just a moment. Let me say something here. The gift of ministry. I think many of you guys have that. I think we see that often. I think I probably saw that in maybe one or some of you guys today. Even when we did the the, the bagging party. Gosh, sometimes we come in here like 9.30 and there's like 20 or so people doing the bagging and all. Ministry. So verse 7 mentions the gift of ministry. If ministry, let us use it in our ministry. That's also called the gift of serving. The Greek word is deaconia, deacon, which means what? Servant. Servant. The King James Version Bible says, let us wait on our ministering. I kind of like how that's stated. Let us wait on our ministering. So the person that's there that may have been given that gift of serving or ministry or deaconing, you're like, when can I be used? When can I, when can I go? When can I go? So I like what it says in the King James Version Bible. Let us wait on our ministering. So wait for open doors for here in the church. It could be you know right afterwards. We're probably going to see one or some of you guys perhaps with that gift that are just out there to bless others. You just love serving. If you had to do the same thing every day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you take this, like you're working in a factory, take this and do that. Take this and do that. Now, how many of, of you, you would hate doing that for your whole life, 40 hours a week? Anybody hate that? I used to work in a metal shop and you used to like, tong tong, like stomping out these things. Tong tong. Every now and then, because it was so robotic, you'd hear it's like, ah! What happened? Oh, that's so and so. He just got his hand chopped in there. And he's like, ah, oh, someone called the doctor. It was like one of those kind of places where like, oh, it would kind of scare you to wake up. Some guys would be drinking so much coffee, like, I'm so scared of this machine. <laughs> it was just like, bang, bang. And I couldn't realize that, I don't think that's the kind of job I like. <laughs> not only was I not designed for that, and some of the other guys, I think they paid the guys really well because <laughs> it was just a crazy job. But what I'm getting at is those types of things if you hate, if you loathe those kind of things, especially if you're serving God, that might not be for you, okay? You, you may have been given this type of a gifting or you just love serving. Whenever there's an open door, whatever it is, again, like the King James Version Bible says, let us wait on our ministering. As the church assembles and gathers and as we actively do things, you might have a need just come up right then. And all of a sudden, God's Spirit, as He's gifted that person, would just stir you up to want to deacon, to want to minister, to serve. Does that make sense? That might happen. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pause at this point in time, fellas, okay? So let's all stand, can we please? I also don't want to go too long here because I know a lot of us are going to be serving in the sidewalk outreach. Don't want to burn you guys out. But I want to encourage you to read ahead. And also, again, if you want, you can download this. Uh, there's 18 of these gifts that are listed. You could couple it with, uh, so we're going in Romans chapter 12, also 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You could download it. If you have questions on that, you can let me know.
We prayed for a bunch of you last week and even the week before and it seems like constantly. But let's ask the Lord also. I want to pray for you guys all now. I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm going to pray so that God empowers each of us. And we're going to see perhaps some of the gifting just exercised even now today. So Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you can give us spiritual gifting, that supernatural gifting, Lord. It comes from above. Jesus, you ascended on high and you gave gifts. And we ask for you to please help us, God, to, as you say, to stir up the gifts. Help us to not neglect the gifts, as you say in another Bible passage. Give us faith to step these things out. I I know our, our flesh... And the enemy's just trying to tell us, no, don't serve. No, don't apply. No, don't do these things. No, continue to be selfish. That's our flesh. That's what we say in Adam. But in Christ, we're a new creation. All things are new is what you tell us in 2 Corinthians 5. We're no longer like the caterpillar. We're like the butterfly. We've got a new life, a new beginning, a new hope, a new master, and that's you. You're our Lord. And you have us in this new way. And Lord, we ask for your empowerment. Lord, we ask that the gifts that you've already given to us, even as we looked at here, perhaps there's someone here that's been given the gift of serving, someone that's given this gift of prophecy. Help us to use these, even today, Lord. Stir it up. And as you put the body of Christ on display right now, God, as we do this outreach on the streets, We ask that you would protect us, keep providing for us, and that you would empower us, God, to be a witness unto you. Strengthen us. We know that your gifts are available today. You haven't died. And your empowering has not lessened. We ask that you would help us, though, God. Give us faith. Give us courage. Help us to keep looking for those open doors that you will show us. Strengthen us, for we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.